interested in taking a deep dive each week into a compliance or compliance-related topic? Then Compliance Into the Weeds is the podcast for you. Join Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, and Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, as they go into the weeds to flesh out a story which you can use to better inform your compliance program. Both you and your compliance program will be the better for listening to this podcast. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode, Matt Kelly and I take a deep dive into Matt's blog post, Thoughts from CEOs. It's based on the 2021 PwC Global CEO Survey. We take a look at some of the top 20 threats that CEOs see in 2021 and beyond, and then go into the implications for the compliance professional and practitioner in not only how to assess those threats, but also how to manage those risks going forward. It's a episode that every compliance practitioner needs to listen to because it really uh, underscores the mind of the CEO and how you, as a compliance professional, will need to respond. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Matt Kelly for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Uh, We are going to take up a blog post that Matt put up on Monday of this week about thoughts from CEOs. And although it's not directly focused on compliance, it has huge implications for the compliance practitioner. So, Matt, you want to set the stage for us? Yeah, sure, Tom. It's uh, good to be back here. This was the PwC Global CEO Survey, uh, which is now in its 24th year, and it comes out usually in January of every year, although uh, it was delayed this year, I suspect partly because of the pandemic and partly because of the November elections. I know that uh, some surveys uh, deliberately stalled a little bit this time around because of those reasons. Anyways, the the survey came out uh, last week in March, and it's always worth reading because it is a comprehensive poll of CEOs. Uh, More than 5,000 CEOs were surveyed for this year's PwC report. Uh, Around the world, uh, large CEOs at Fortune 100 companies, small CEOs running um, businesses with less than a million in annual revenue. And it's just thought-provoking looks at what CEOs are worried about and what is on their minds. And if you really want to succeed as a compliance officer and help the compliance function be more relevant to the business, it is good to understand the thinking and the pressures and the concerns in the mind of the boss. And this is a good glimpse into what the boss is thinking about. Very big strategic stuff, very macro economic trends and stuff like that. Um, so there's an awful lot in there, Tom. I will say that you know one thing right away is that most CEOs – in 2021 are now very optimistic about economic growth in 2021. Um, That should not surprise anybody. And I don't even know how good that good news is because 2020 was such an awful year. It would be pretty much, you know, it's a very low bar to say we're going to have more growth this year than last year because last year was such a mess because of the pandemic. But amid the optimism on economic growth next year or this coming year, The two things that I thought were most relevant for compliance, audit, and risk officers were that CEOs are more worried about more risks 
And they also are investing heavily in digital transformation. Um, and that was partly due to the pandemic. And then what are the risk and compliance implications for rushing headlong into digital transformation? So we have a riskier landscape and we have digital transformation all over the place. Those are the two big things we can dive into if we want, but that's the, the nutshell of the, the CEO survey for 2021. Man, I don't suppose it would surprise anyone that pandemics and other health, health crises is front of mind for the top 20 threats of this year. But I guess some of the uncertainty we saw in 2020 uh, really didn't change that much. And what struck me is that the change in administration um, really didn't uh, – typically when you have a Democratic administration, you have uh, greater uncertainty around economic growth – you have greater uncertainty around taxes and more uh, general business uncertainty. And that really did not seem to change too much in 2021. Any thoughts on that? Well, I would maybe say it, it did and it didn't change. So let's back up a bit and lay down uh, what the PwC survey said for, for listeners. So every year, the survey lists what are the top 20 threats cited by CEOs. And okay, this year, surprising nobody, the number one threat with a bullet is uh, pandemics and health crises, which were nowhere in the 2020 survey or any other PwC CEO survey I've ever read. Uh, public health was never a concern. And then suddenly 2021, boom, it is top of the charts. Okay, we all get why. What's more interesting are the other risks, because they are all still roughly the same. Uh, so some of the top five or six risks for this year, cyber threats, overregulation, policy uncertainty, climate change, uh, tax policy, uncertain economic growth. Those are all filling out the, the next eight or nine top risks for 2021. They were also the all the risks that were listed in 2020. Now, but what's interesting is that many of these risks even if they're in slightly different priority, they are being cited more often. So I'll give you an example of what I mean, Tom. Um, last year, 2020, the number one risk was overregulation, which was cited by 36% of CEOs. Well, this year it has dropped to third place, but it is cited by more than 36. It's cited by 42% of CEOs. Uh, policy uncertainty was another one that I think has shifted. It moved up from like fifth to fourth or sixth to fifth or something like that. But the percentage of CEOs who said, yes, this is a worry, rose from 33% to 38%. Uh, climate change, also in the mix, rose from 24% to 30%. And I could keep on going down the list, even though the exact sequence of these top 20 threats has shifted around. They are almost all the same, with the exception of the pandemic. But whatever their ranking is, almost inevitably, more CEOs are worried about that specific risk than last year. And that struck me as the really interesting thing, is that um, we are looking at a more risky landscape generally, where CEOs are more and more often saying, yikes, you know, this, this risk over here, this issue, this could affect our business strategy. And then the next question, I think, would be, so tell us compliance or risk function. 
can we please get a report on how severe this risk is to us and what are we doing to prevent it? I think that's the, the big takeaway for a lot of compliance and risk professionals here is how can you build a more robust risk assurance program for this world of not new risks, but risks that are more risks that are getting more severe and they are more worrisome to the board. So they're going to be looking for more assurances. Um, and before anybody says, okay, that's interesting, but it's specific to the PWC survey. That's not true. I have seen this dynamic before. I have seen it uh, over the course of several years, actually. It's kind of snuck up on us. Uh, Protivity runs an annual enterprise risk survey. It is not nearly as comprehensive as PWCs, but it's still very good. Surveys about a 1,000 or so senior executives and board directors. That's another one where over the years you have seen more and more senior leaders are citing more and more risks as severe when previously they would have been moderate. We're seeing a similar dynamic now in the PWC CEO survey. They're citing the same risks, but more of them are saying these risks are becoming a serious issue or a severe issue. So, Tom, we could maybe talk a bit more about the implications for compliance programs, but broadly speaking, that's the implication for you is you know, your board and your bosses, they're, they're freaking out. You know, I guess, first of all, you completely destroyed my whole part three of this podcast. Um, So uh, I'll just follow up on that. I guess that really didn't strike me, Matt, as uh, something new or different, at least in the context of what we've seen in the last year. And whether you call it uh, disaster recovery to business continuity to business as usual or the DOJ 2020 evaluation of corporate compliance programs formulation that assess risks when risks change, uh, I feel like that that's something that compliance officers have been been required to move to. And indeed, from a compliance perspective, uh, it may be different if the CEO tells you to to assess some risks, but it's it's not a degree or it's rather only a degree and it's not a, a, a major quantum change. So I would find that really not to be uh, too many paces beyond what uh, compliance officers have been doing. The the thing that um, kind of struck me was the focus on digital transformation and where you see that, particularly around potentially um, moving the uh, first line of defense ahead of the second line of defense in terms of its ability to govern. And I thought that was, was an insightful comment. And maybe you could uh, talk about the what you saw in the digital transformation information and the, the direct implications you see for the compliance professional. Yeah, that was the big other uh, point in the survey that jumped out at me. Uh, the question that PwC asked the CEOs was, where are you going to be investing more over the next three to five years because of the pandemic? How did that turn up the heat on whatever corporate investments you had been planning to make. So the number one issue where it's going to be getting a lot of uh, investment was digital transformation, where I think it was 49% of the CEOs said they plan to increase their spend significantly, as in more than 10%. And another 34% on top of that said they will expand in increase investment moderately, which is zero to 10%. But overall, that's 80, 90%, something like that, uh, who said, yeah, we're going to be spending you know, a fair bit more 
that on digital transformation. My question would be, how does the compliance program keep up with that? How will you either stay aware of what business processes are being transformed in the first line of defense, or even elsewhere in the second line of defense in the accounting function or in IT security or something like that. But is if we're transforming all of these business processes, what does that mean for new risks coming to the organization? Or what does it mean for your ability to keep your compliance program current and keep it evolving and robust with the rest of the business change? Um, it's something that somebody had said to me a while ago that stuck with me is that the first line of defense and their embrace of technology is racing ahead of the compliance function's ability to govern all of that or to understand the implications of all of these new whiz-bang technologies in the first line of defense. And that's what we have to think about. Um, well, I'll, I'll stop there, but like that was the big conclusion to me is that you know, we could see a lot of transformation and is compliance going to be part of that or left behind? Well, and, and that's a great place to stop because I wanted you to stop so I could ask you the following. <laughs> Immediately after uh, you come to that conclusion, you give an example of customer onboarding in the financial services. And I thought that was a, a great example. So could you get, go through that example and perhaps we could discuss the uh, broader implications of it? Yeah, sure. So let's say you are a large bank or you're an investment management fund or something like that. Um, you're a registered investment advisor and you're suddenly the pandemic strikes in March 2020 and you have to convert all of your onboarding of new customers from the paper forms that they would fill out when they go and visit your offices to digital forms because nobody has any offices. We're all working from home now. Well, once you transform digital or customer onboarding, your sales teams, now they can reach new customer bases because anybody with a web browser and money to spend, they're a potential customer for your bank or your financial firm. And it's much easier now for you to onboard them with PDFs and DocuSigns and all of this. However, as the customer base expands, and let's remember the sales team is desperate to expand and get more customers because the recession is blowing everybody out of the water. So we got to find new growth wherever we can. And they're racking up the new customers. Well, that exposes the company to new data privacy obligations because you're working with customers in new jurisdictions. Well, how do you, the compliance or privacy team, how do you build a more versatile program that can keep pace with all of this digitally transformed onboarding? You know, how do you manage any adjustments to the policies and procedures and controls that might be necessary? Um, how do you document that you have been doing this? Uh, do you have any new disclosure obligations uh, for customers now in Europe as opposed to only in North America before? Or customers in Virginia when they have a new privacy law? You previously had only worked in Wyoming. And, you know, how do you figure out what is going on? Um, there are two questions there. Number one, how does the compliance officer actually stay current on what is the first line of defense doing? What are these salespeople doing? How did we transform the customer onboarding? And okay, they changed it. How do I, the compliance officer with my program, how do I collect all of that data? How do I assure compliance over all of these new customers? And what is the new supervision that we might need to impose on our sales teams? 
Um, those are some very difficult questions that I think maybe in 2020 we could say 2020 was sui generis and we were all making it up as we go along. And, you know, I don't know how many regulators would really beat up a company for flubbing it that year. Well, it's not 2020. It's 2021. I don't know that regulators will have much more patience for uh, compliance programs that are struggling to keep up with digital transformation. But that is exactly where all the CEOs are saying, yeah, we're going to pour money into digital transformation. Um, so I, again, I get back to, are they also going to pour some into the compliance function that it can digitally transform to? Uh, are they going to empower you to be able to be aware of these transformations? Are you going to be in that inner sanctum that decides what to do? Or are you going to be left on the side of the road? And I hesitate to answer or to speculate how many might be on the side of the road. I'm not sure. So I guess, Matt, I see this really as a natural extension of where we were uh, starting in March 15 of 2020 and where we ended up literally a year later. And the Department of Justice was certainly prescient in their demand uh, in the June 2020 uh, update that the compliance function have access to the entire digital lake or lakes of the company and then uh, by extension, uh, tools to to data mine uh, that information as well. So I guess I see this uh, really as a statement of sort of everything coming together. And it seems to me that it's less of a danger, but perhaps more of a business opportunity and an opportunity for compliance to really step forward to demonstrate how effective compliance equates to more efficient business practice, which creates a greater ROI uh, as well. You know, it certainly could. And if you have the resources, I think that's very possible. My concern would be more not that a company doesn't give you access to the data, but if they have, say, digitally transformed their business processes and then they just turn around to you, the compliance officer, and say, yeah, sure, here's all the PDFs that are over in this protected file over here. Knock yourself out. I don't know that your situation is improved if you're just stuck still reading spreadsheets you know, visually and then recording things, uh, reading the PDFs visually and recording numbers in a spreadsheet. Um, you really need to be able to have your own tools and capabilities to keep pace with whatever new data is being generated by these digitally transformed business processes. And that's the part where I am less sanguine that uh, they're getting the resources that they need. I, I don't know that there are many firms that are still saying, nope, compliance can't see this data or buzz off. We don't care about it. I don't think at large companies that sort of terrible attitude is all that prevalent. I may be wrong. There may be listeners who are telling me, dude, it's way worse than you think. But I am more concerned that just because you have access to the data doesn't necessarily mean that you can mine it effectively and keep the compliance posture that you need. That's where I am more concerned. Matt, could we take a step back and tie this into the greater COSO ERM framework or broader ERM concepts that really try to look at risk in a much more holistic manner, or is that something different in your mind? Uh, it might be a bit different, and I, 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 I don't know, to be honest. I'm sure that purveyors of the ERM frameworks of the world, COSO and otherwise, would say, yeah, sure, we can help with, our frameworks can help you with digital business processes and the risks that come from that. I tend to take it at a bit more practical nuts and bolts level. 
just about do you have access to the actual people who are talking about what has to be transformed? Um, what are the specific tools and technologies that you're going to need? I think any number of frameworks out there probably could help guide you on those questions that you have to ask. I am just, I'm more concerned about what are the actual answers from your CEO, your CFO, your general counsel, if you're asking, can I get access to this? Can I be involved in that conversation? Can we put the brakes on this project right now until compliance and our capabilities get up to speed for what you want to do in the first line? Like it's, it seems more like there's a battle by battle fight that has to happen. Fight is probably even too inflammatory a word, but there's a you know decision by decision conversation that has to happen. It's much easier to have that happen if you are the empowered CEO that we all like to talk about. And I, I'm still curious as to how often that's actually the case. Well, Matt, there's really a lot to unpack in this from the CEO's own perceptions and perspectives down to what it means uh, for the C-suite, senior executives, and then implementation down to really the lowest compliance functionary on how do we actually do this. So I hope our listeners will take a look at this, take a look at the uh, your blog posts, and take a look at the underlying data and see where this may be taking their compliance program. Any final thoughts? No, just that I agree that uh, if you like thinking about big picture issues from time to time and trying to get a sense of the mega trends and macroeconomic issues that are shaping the CEO's thinking, uh, the PwC report is always worth your time. It's uh, definitely a, an easy half hour's read, but it's thought provoking and I would recommend it. Well, Matt, as always, uh, great fun and looking forward to seeing what we come up with next week. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. I hope you will join Matt and I each Monday at 3 p.m. Central, where we live stream Compliance Into the Weeds. And you can pitch questions to us and be part of the engagement and commentary. If you have any questions for Matt, you can reach him at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. If you have questions for me, you can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you will uh, join us again for an audio podcast or the live stream once again, 3 p.m. Central Time each Monday. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.